Camping at the bit to get this thing going, are you? Definitely, mate. Let's get into it. I'm I'm hungry like the wolf to talk Duran Duran style. I think that will be my lead-in. I'm just coming in straight off the bat with hungry like the wolf. Tay, welcome back, mate. It's been a long seven days since I last spoke to you. And I'm um, hungry like the wolf. What a reference to start it, mate. I, I can't <laughs> wait to get into it. Let's- it's beginning early. The singing is beginning early. I don't want to blow anything, but I might have brought a, a bit of a contribution this week. Uh, <laughs> let's not foreshadow too far, but I had some time on my hands and I've come up with a little something to describe one of my favourite uh, opponents in the league. Brilliant, mate. We seem to bring something different every single week. So while we're going to make this week any different? Mate, I'm actually really looking forward to this week too because well, we introduced that new segment last week around starts of the week and, and maybe it didn't go well for one of us and maybe it went pretty darn well for the other one. I'm looking forward to recapping that and having another dig at that. Uh, I mean, I'm also big previews for week seven. Can you believe we're halfway through the season this week? It is crazy. It feels like it was just yesterday we were recapping the draft. Um, it's so much has happened. It's absurd. Just a lot of craziness. We're, we're only about to get into the craziness even more with all the buy situations and all the, the, oh. the plays that are all going on IR and plays that you feel like are on IR but aren't. Uh, but like probably should be, and it's absolutely craziness at the moment. But it's it's hard to really uh, dissect what's going on at the moment. But you know that that's the fun of fantasy football. You really have no idea what's next. Oh, isn't it? Speaking of that too, I bet you weren't expecting this. I've got three listener mail questions. Legit, man, this thing is becoming a thing. I I love it. Like I said, and I enjoy that. I have no idea what's actually coming to me. Uh, I've I've got I've you on the side. I've even got a mate that uh, only started fantasy football this year. Yeah, I uh, used to, I knew him through basketball and stuff like that. And he actually started reaching out to me once I posted about our podcast, and he he just you know wanted some advice on trading and just just general fantasy football knowledge. And he actually started zero three, which doesn't really bode well for my for my sort of uh, confidence that he yeah. he's put in me. But he actually had a trade offer after. Week three, uh, giving up yeah. CMC for Henry, and I said, "Look to me, that was a perfect trade because you are zero and three. You need the points now. You, you don't have to worry about later. You need to start winning now." He took that on. You wouldn't even trade Henry for CMC now, even if CMC was healthy. Probably so not. It was a great trade, three and three. Uh, shout out to Courtney Ward, mate. Uh, they keep sending me the questions. I actually really enjoy it. Even if you think that you're pissing me off, you aren't because this is what I like doing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I just thought I'd shout out one person because, you know, uh, our podcast, what well, doesn't matter how many people it reaches, if you just listen, a few people listen, uh, that, that's all we really need. And if you've got questions, please ask us because, you know, we probably have questions for you too. It's just a fantasy football community and we all really enjoy it. And I think we all like to hear different people's opinions. And, yeah, it's just it's just really fun. That's great. Yeah, big shout-out to Courtney. I haven't met Courtney. haven't had any exchanges with Courtney. But thanks for joining our funny little show. Um, it's nice to know that there's people listening to us uh, and that we're not just shouting to the void. Although I think I'd continue to do it even if we just were shouting in the void, mate. <laughs> it wouldn't bother me. And I just want to say I'm a bit more keen this week than I was last week. Even though I lost an Astro in absolutely devastating fashion, I was destroyed by 23 points. I, I actually went six and two across my eight leagues, and I'm now 29 and 19 uh, in my 48 games that I've played across my eight leagues. And I think for any listeners that heard me last year, at this same point, 
Uh, I started 0-5 in three of my six leagues last year uh, for a total of about 8-28, and 28, I think I was at one stage. Yeah, you were having uh, so a struggle, mate. <laughs> the difference in my, my uh, leagues combined uh, compared to this year, it's an incredible difference. So that's probably why you're hearing a bit of a buzz in my step, even though I lost Astro. Uh, I'd have, I had, that was literally my best week because I had a lot of five and threes uh, between my eight, uh, eight weeks. And uh, this week was actually my best week going six and two. So pretty, pretty, pretty pumped. Wow. I mean, it was a good week for me. I said this in our messenger thread for the league. What a great week it is when TC loses, Adam loses, but Jackal wins and I win. I think that's, that's all you need for it to be a good week in the Astros, mate. Oh, mate, I'll bring up Jackal later. I'm just pumped about him winning. All right. Whether I picked him to win or not, like it's, it's, it's always a better week for Jack a win. I agree, mate. I agree. Um, speaking of, I just want to kick off before we get into our previews. Um, I did concoct a little something. It's, it's always a big week when Adam doesn't win, especially since his team is chiefly made out of dog balls. And I wanted to lead, I was given some inspiration from fellow Astro Marky Mark about maybe setting something to uh, the Queensland. This is going to be a very Australian thing. Sorry, USA. And very rugby league based too. If you're a rugby league fan, you might know this too. It's by a comedian named Dennis Carnahan called That's in Queensland. It really does mock how when New South Wales are playing versus Queensland, really it's New South Wales versus the rest of the world because they just pick people from anywhere. Um, so the song is based in that and it's called That's in Queensland, naming places. But I've sort of rejigged it a bit to make it about Adam's Queensland football team. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you prepared for this take? Mate, I'm prepared. Let's do it. Okay. You'll wish you hadn't said that. All right. Could somebody please help me? I'm a bit confused. When this team thinks they're good but score like old refuse. Scoring points is the goal and this team hasn't been. Between 93 and 106, how the fuck does this guy win? 93. That beats Maddie C. 106. That beats Scuba or Hayden. 105. That beats Ryan. Shit scores everywhere. The league average is 109, and as you know, that's mighty fine. But Adam wins with just a fraction. How's his team got any traction? But just this week, he met his match. A handsome bloke who's quite the catch. This time's Adam bullshit score shows his team's horrendous flaw. My patience has fallen to zero and can emerge as our hero. Showed us Adam's team is bad, and now Kenny is Adam's dad. Where is Fugly? That's in Queensland. Abomination. That's in Queensland, crushing losses. That's in Queensland, his team's a nightmare. Dickheads everywhere. Oh, the crowd goes wild. Shit our scores. That's in Queensland, leprechaun jizz. That's in Queensland, losing the origin. Queensland sucks ass everywhere. <laughs> I knew you'd play along. Thank you. nailed. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so that's probably as good a setup as we're going to get for the previews. Want to dive in? <laughs> Let's do it, mate. I, I didn't know that was coming, but I just thought I'd tack on at the end. Anyway. 
I'm gonna go through what the playoffs would look like if they started today. And let's preview week 13. I reckon that'll come out good. But this year, I just kind of feel like it's different, don't you? We look at this year, how tight it is. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Exactly. And how exciting would that be? Well, it'd certainly give people something to think about. And that's a wrap. Uh, okay, so this week, I'm going to tackle um, your division, Tay, the South, going to play the North. But I understand you've got the West coming to meet my guys from the East. Did you want to kick it off this week? I am, and I'll leave the uh, the special uh, preview for the, uh, you know, couple of guys that know each other well last. Uh, so Ooh. I'll get straight into uh, champ to the absolute chump uh, <laughs> up against the top dog and Ryan of the Cornhuskers. Oh. And I'm sad that I didn't play Pete and Ryan in reverse order because Pete scored yeah. 80 and Robin smoked me. And how? And now Ryan loses Delvin and Robinson and now Pete has an unbelievable team against me this week. But hey, it's not about me. And in saying this, Ryan has a deep team, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Brady and okay. Jackson will be close, son. I say Lamar by B's dick. Hi. <laughs> Geo suck ass, but Swift is far better than Sanders, so give this to Ryan. Evans and Chase are set to destroy, so Sutton and Higgins aren't going to deploy Dick. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he will smack that ass with a milk crate, son. <laughs> All these ones that end in sun are just killing me. I love them. <laughs> Absolutely. The sun at least rhymes before. Uh, the sun, I just, for some reason, just got in some weird gangster sort of situation. Uh, <laughs> I don't even care if it doesn't rhyme. I just love it. <laughs> the bright and the milk crate was where I was going there for anyone. Bright and crate, okay. Uh, and you, you know, I'm sitting there going, ooh, that wasn't right. Uh, <laughs> Shepard without And Robinson doesn't make me a believer. Oscars by 12. By 12? Okay. Yeah. Not going to argue with that. I like Justin's team. I mean, bye weeks and uh, and these IR moves have really depleted some teams. Uh, I get it. I get it. You say Justin's team? Yeah. Sorry, didn't you say Jizz? Yeah, isn't it? Um, it's uh, Stephen against uh, <laughs> Stephen against Ryan, isn't it? <laughs> Stephen against. Ah, okay. So Jizz everywhere. <laughs> Let's just Jizz everywhere. Fuck it. Doesn't matter who's playing. Jizz everywhere. <laughs> Whether he's involved or not, it's just like a jizz. All right. You know what? In that matchup, Ryan versus Scuba, I'm actually going for Justin. That's it. That's my tip. <laughs> We're doing well. Uh, even I rhymed some things, didn't rhyme others. Even the rhymes didn't seem to really land. It was just a great start. And uh, we'll go. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! Don't stop the party! Yeah, yeah, yeah! That was my Spanish version. Don't stop the party. There was like a Spanish sort of version in the middle there, and I just, you know, went with something probably English. Anyway. (laughs) That's that's going to be in the drop at the stop of the show, mate. (laughs) Great win. And the songs are back, baby. Oh, how we miss them. (laughs) Yes, we are. I have no idea who Mr. Worldwide's QB is right now, so this will be fun. So no one up against Matt Ryan. <laughs> Unfortunately, a white pickup loses to Ryan this week because Mr. Shitty Undies has a wonderful matchup against the Dole Wankers. Yeah. Now, 
Use check and gourd on will give me the opposite of a hard on. <laughs> over here, because the points for the first pair will be very bare. <laughs> now the bottle is covered in AIDS, so unfortunately the results won't end in any parades. Give me Watkins, Brown, I guess, because Crowder and Jefferson will not impress. Waller against no one, I guess, helps Brendox. That's all I've got. <laughs> AJ Brown will be dealing with a frown, but in the end, Brendox will hurt Jackal's bell end. Birdman by 22. Wow. <laughs> this is honest. Every part of the show is my favourite part, but I love sitting here listening to what you bring. I just love it. I mean, it's going to hurt Jackal's bell end. You know what the chances I thought I was going to hear that statement when I woke up this morning was? It was pretty low. I mean, <laughs> but my life has improved. Some things I'm not bothering rhyming. Some things I am. I'm really keeping everyone guessing and on their toes. Now, here's the upset I want to talk about, Matty C. Here we go. All right. I'll back the result till the end, but fuck Adam and his shit out of me. <laughs> yes. I confidence in Seahorse that he will get someone to start over his non-existent Lawrence. And I think a lot of guys beat Canathril this week. Hawker will be the lead again, and Gamewell will be better against a non-Bucks team. I also believe that Seahorse may get Dearness Johnson with his number one waiver. And I have no idea whether Adam's running backs will even play. Now, I have to give the receiver battle to the lucky charm. But in saying that, I think there's some progression for AB and Patrick. I like Seals Jones over Hunter Henry. Adam has no flex right now, and I think Myers at least has a chance to score a first half beatdown of the Jets. I'm taking the one in five Seahorse to beat four and two asshole league football team by three points. Boo yeah. Wow. Oh, I love this. I love this because essentially now you've got the lowest two scoring teams in the league going head-to-head and their records couldn't be much different either. But uh, it's the, the classic Dunny Bowl, mate, the toilet bowl. Yep, and then you're going to see how shit Adam's team actually is when the uh, last play Seahorse destroys him. Well, not destroys him, beats him by three points. But, you know, <laughs> it's going to feel like destroying. Destroys him by three points. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm pretty happy I'm following Adam's team. As you know, I've already gone to uh, to music to show my compassion for Adam's predicament. <laughs> now, the boys from my group chat, the wankers who are just wankers. Great rhyme. Matty <laughs> C versus the Minor Dolphins. Now, side my boy Donald, because in Baltimore, Burrow will feel sorrow when his buttocks are pushed up towards his stomach. <laughs> Now, Fournette and Mitchell are far better than Williams and Carter, as Mark will feel like he's shot, uh, he'd shot it himself. <laughs> so hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell it, tell it. Carter and shot, right? Just, just those playing at home. <laughs> so for anyone playing at home, you're writing down the rhymes. Uh, Carter <laughs> and shot hard himself. Yes, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> That'll be going into a drop yeah. as well. Moving on. <laughs> Now, I've never picked against Matty C in a wide receiver's battle, but fuck it, I'm taking the other side as Marcus Jalen Wattle. I think that's how it's pronounced it. Uh, <laughs> 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 Just All this stupid dick and ass jokes, and here I am laughing at Wattle. 
<laughs> no, sorry, mate. His his parents prefer Wattle. I think I've I, I know his parents really well. That's all okay. Uh, no one. Gasecki has lost the goose, so Mark wins this as no one on the waivers will produce. Marina yep. will destroy Ahmed. Darnell will be feeding him like a baby with a spoon, eh? What does that mean? <laughs> spoon, and spoon, Got it. <laughs> These are just, when you invent a word, I like to bring it to the dinner table one day the next week and just see if my kids call me out. <laughs> I think it's spoony with Mooney. So let's say Moonay with Spoonay. Moonay and Spoonay. Because for a while there, I thought it might have been like Mooney and Spoonie, like, I see you played knifey spoony before, you know? <laughs> Australian stuff right there. That's it. We all talk like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So I hope you got proud of what I just said. Uh, I picked you by 15, mate. You got me by 15. You know, Marky Mark, we talk about this every time our matchup comes up. The first time I played against him when he first came into the league, he beat me by 46 points, and I will never forget it. It scarred me deeply. It's... I guess, like, a moment where, um, you know, your little brother finally beats you in one-on-one in the driveway and you're like, that will never fucking happen again. Um, and I've been trying to defend my ground against Marky Mark ever since. You'll block the shit out of that asshole next time he comes into the paint. Just get that <laughs> shit out. The Camo Matombo style. <laughs> uh, waving the finger. Uh, yeah, so this is really, a, it's almost like, keeping TC in the wilderness and he's not allowed back into the family until he beats me, then I get cast out into the wilderness. Mark and I kind of have something a bit like that, except he never comes back. I'm just always perpetually trying to block him. And that's, at the moment, he's been in the wilderness like six years. Sorry, Marky, but that's how it is. Well, it stays that way. Wow. Okay, so just a quick recap. We've got Seahorse beating Adam. Brian's going to crush the champ. Yep. And Brendo's going to rearrange Jackal's testicles. Yep. Okay. And then uh, I've got a victory. You know how how impressed I'm going to be with myself just to get the 500 and stay there this season. I'm so pleased I got to three and three. My team started 16th after week one. I thought this is not my year. But you know the little kids, we're starting to get a little roll on. So um, sorry, Marky Mark. It's going to be really hard from two and five if I can beat you, but. Wow, you know, I'm, I'm actually feeling kind of pretty proud of my little self, Tate. It's all playoff Lenny, mate. He's brought it to the uh, regular season. He's uh, yes. he's huge for our podcast league uh, team that we've got going against all the Americans, and he's killing it for you. So I, I can't say, obviously, Mark's been destroyed by injuries. Like, yeah, yeah, he's messed Nick up. Chubb, Nick Chubb's going to play this week either. Uh, he's missing Chubb, McCaffrey, Gallup. Like, his options are Marlon Matt. That's his, all his options. Every option he has is called Marlon Mack. <laughs> That's a bad spot to be. Mark had the top waiver wire pick up this week and Dionis Johnson, he dropped him on the weekend for Selvon Arkbeck. So that, that's, that pretty much proves how Mark's season's gone so far is the fact that he dropped, you know, what seemed like a nobody for someone that he thought had better value and then all of a sudden is probably the number one waiver wire pick up the next week, which he won't get. So... You know, that, that that is really, really tough. And I just don't see... I think your team's going, like, far better than his at the moment with that situation. And your, your team's not struggling enough for me to think that his team can beat you at this stage. Yeah, I think... He said something really interesting through the week, and this is Matty with his serious face on. Uh, he said... 
do you think teams are just being that little bit more cautious because there's a whole extra regular season game? Do you think teams are just a little bit more likely to hold a guy out of a game this week, this like this year, knowing they have to go one extra week through the regular season? And I gotta say, yeah, I think so. Teams, what's what's IR now? Three weeks out is like sixteen percent of the season. Okay, so that's a big number, but it's but it doesn't seem three doesn't seem as big out of like seventeen as yeah sixteen. I think teams are just more willing to hold guys out a little bit more now. Definitely. Why wouldn't you? They're your asset. It's like stocks. Like, why would you put them out there when they're not 100% anyway? Just just hold them out. And then because IR can be three weeks, it's like, well, we're already holding them out for one. We're maybe worried about the second week. Let's just hold them out for three uh, and then get them really right for later in the season. So because there's more games, it also gives you the ability to hold guys out because you, you're not as struggling. If you struggle early as a team, uh, you know, uh, record-wise, you have more time to make it up. So early in a season like this, why not hold a guy out that's your future, uh, even if it's something you think could have been a 1.5 to two-week injury, just put him on IR for three weeks and get him back. Yeah, ever since Marky Mark said, I can't get out of my mind, and then just looking at God, how tough it is with how many running backs just the day before games just got pulled right at the last minute and, yep. and then how many players are already on the IR and then bye weeks, the six teams on a bye this week, including teams like the Chargers and the, the Cowboys. Guys, you know, teams that have actually quite a few fantasy assets. So it's, it's tough as shit out there, man. And, and bye weeks are really going to be a bit of a theme in my analysis of the upcoming matchups. It's really going to impact a lot about who I choose to win. I'll bring it up in my Goober and Super as well. Like, it's really sort of thrown everything out of whack because especially yeah. now where we're picking before waivers even runs. We have no idea who people even fills in with these guys. So it's incredibly tough. There might even be some, you know, changing of our picks or something later. But we're, we're just going off what we're doing now and that's all we can do. And yeah. like you said, it's just it's just tough out there. Teams are going to play cautious with this whole IR thing. It's just how it is. You know, extra game gives you an extra week to sort of come back from a shitty record early. So that's just the stuff that we're going to have to deal with. Like, I've got Antonio Gibson in my team. I have no idea what to do with that bloke. He's, he should yeah. be a top 10 running back. But he's got stress fractures in his leg or in his shin, and he's got a calf issue that they're worried about. I, I actually think I would rather him go to IR because I think he needs three weeks rest to actually turn it around for later. If they keep playing him, I'm worried that he's just going to keep coming out early in games. Yeah. Like, it's actually worse to me if he just keeps playing. So it's just a really tough situation. It really is. And I think, you know, so like you said, it's going to impact your super and give it quite a lot and make it super hard to pick a team um, to, who are likely to score a lot of points. But, gee, it gives you a raft of teams who could potentially put up a pretty poor score. And with that in mind, too, in a lot of these, I've predicted some pretty low scores as well. I've picked margins, but I've also deigned to attempt to pick some scores. All right, I'm going to roll into it with uh, TC. He's the Squazmongers. He started the season after week one. He was the number one side, had all the scoring, and now he's bolted to the bottom of his division against Jerry. And the Gnomes have been sort of a little unsuccessful this year, but scoring better than they've been winning. So this will be an interesting matchup. Jerry starts this trend as it's, his team is like it's thinner than a malnourished emu. All these Cowboys and Steelers are out. Dak and Deontay Johnson will be sorely missed. And I don't know if you do. I don't know anyone who's got a magnifying glass good enough to find free agent tight end this week. PC also suffers the loss of his Vikings kicker and Amari Cooper as well. 
but also the guy who's been only the number one fantasy wide receiver for parts of this year in Mike Williams. I imagine that TC is going to move Renfro up into his wide receiver slot, promote Malcolm Brown, unless he can find a waiver gem. For Jerry, he's going to get the services back of Calvin Ridley and Cordero Patterson, but he's going to join the long line of people seeking to find a serviceable quarterback this week. And by serviceable, I think you have to adjust your expectation of what serviceable means this week. It's going to be trash. So without knowing who fills some of these spots, let's divine the outcome. TC's rolling out Wentz at San Francisco, and he's going to lose to whatever bucket of piss Jerry picks up. Because aside from playing any William H. Macy character, I can't imagine he's likely to be more talented than anybody at anything. Because Carson Wentz sucks. Jerry starts uh, Cordero Patterson and Aaron Jones, both in terrific matchups versus horrible defenses. And TC puts McKissick against the Green Bay Packers and the freshly useful Joe Mixon at Baltimore. Somehow, though, I, I still like Jerry's guys a little bit more. For TC, Brandon Cooks and Hunter Renfro are pretty, pretty worthwhile. Renfro's actually been on the fringe of being wide receiver two all year in our format, and he also runs the risk of having um, Brandon Cooks, his high watermark in the last month, been 56 yards if he goes out and puts up another dud this week. So all of a sudden, those little receivers not looking as strong. And Jerry rolls out the corn cob and Calvin Ridley. But both those guys, while they're against awful defences, aren't without their warts. 64% of Randall Cobb's points this season have come in one hour at home to Pittsburgh. And for Calvin Ridley, his high watermark this season is only 15 points. He's going to need one or both to have a significant day because even though Cooks hasn't been great lately, he's had three scores higher than Calvin Ridley's best and he's been eating targets, so many that most would consider that a full meal He's just been having that as a light snack in that Houston offense because there's literally no one else to throw to. At tight end, it's a heavyweight matchup of Jerry's mate, David Njoku versus TJ Baby Knox Hawkinson. Hawk returned to a target share this week, even if it was mainly off-target throws from Jared Goff. Even his coach publicly called him out for being garbage. Woo! And then Njoku went from having 25 points in week five to a handsome 1.1 last week. Talk about your swings in a volatile position. Hey, I'm going to give this to TC, a shockingly low scorer, really possible, neither clear 100. I'm going to make it 94 to 88. Gonna be gross. That's gross. Interesting one. And again, like I want to, I'll bring up some bias stuff later, but it is really tough. It really is. And uh, you were right, though. I actually think Jerry could actually find someone that's better than Wentz pretty easily. I actually think there's actually some pretty good quarterbacks on our waiver wire this week in some decent matchups. Um, anyway, so that isn't the hugest deal. But, you know, just some of the guys he has there, like McNichols, I don't even know if he'll play behind Henry. He was decent as a receiver. Uh, he actually had the highest receiving, uh, receiving total uh, over AJ Brown and Julio because they had missed so many games. Um, yeah. It looks like he's banked. Yeah. Njoku, like you said, just came down to earth really quickly. Uh, Randall Cobb, I just, even though Aaron, jo- uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers likes him, it just doesn't seem to matter. He got a goose last week, I think. Um, yeah. So I don't know exactly who the gnomes are going to have a quarterback. I think it could be someone decent, but I don't know. I think there's enough on Squazer's team that he gets home. Yeah, it's going to be ugly, but that's it. I'm calling it TC. Fresh off the loss to the amazing Carabao Kings this week, you'll be back in the minutes column. Going to move on to Tim Tim's Crusaders. 
they are three and three, playing Kenny's Playmakers, who are also three and three. So this will be an intriguing matchup. And fresh off one of the finest victories against the clear blue ribbon standard team in the league last week, Kenny, having defeated the Queensland football team, now faces a far less potent opponent because he vanquished Adam's army of men, who are on average putting a staggering 96 points a week on the board. He now faces Tim and the lackluster Crusaders, capable of only a mediocre 110 a week. Much easier opponent. This matchup also has its bi-week impacts, with Tim having to see Adam Thielen and CeeDee Lamb. But Ken is without Chase Claypool, Devin Singletary, and Marvin Jones of the internationally renowned Jacksonville Jaguars. <sighs> Kyler might just have to give Tim the start he needs on his course to a mediocre score because he's getting the mighty disgusting Texans this week. And we even saw Carson Wentz put points up against that shithole of defense. Ken's going to be starting Hurts at Las Vegas. And once again, I think this will be a lot like last week where he scores slowly and then runs and passes his way to relevance through the late part of the third and through the fourth quarter and bridges that gap. With Chubba Hubbard here to stay and Darrell Henderson now getting to face the Ballsack Lions running defense, the sky is the fucking limit here. And if Ken's backs throw up 40 points here, I wouldn't be shocked. But for Tim, Chase Edmonds gets the same leaky asshole Texans defense as Kyler does. And Darrell Williams is going to face the world record for ass Titans defense. But both have had their struggles getting volumes in their respective offenses. Don't know what Tim does here at wide receiver with any luck. He could find a trade partner or maybe get one of his bye weeks off the books for a great starter from someone else's team to give him some fight because even Kaderis Tony is not a sure thing to play. But it looks a lot like Ken will be starting Corey Davis back in his bye week and Hollywood Brown. And he had such a quiet day last week, you might have thought Hollywood Brown was on a bye, but no, he actually did play. Uh, this might be potentially the worst four-pack of wide receivers to start a matchup anywhere in the league list this week. But because Hollywood Brown is... The best of those four, I'm going to lean Tim there. Higby's going to go up against Fant in a battle of Taylor's favourite tight end versus even weeks are my fun zone. Somehow Stafford throwing 650 times a game. Higby is only the 14th top tight end on the year, while Noah Fant is a mere apparition in odd weeks, but has never failed to reach double figures in even weeks. So it's an odd week this week. Let's say Higby wins this five points to four. <laughs> I anticipate the flexes to be Mike Davis versus Jamal Williams. Davis is the starter at the Falcons, but hasn't been terribly effective, while Jamal Williams has a pretty clear role. So I'll give this to Tim again and install him as the winner, 96-90. I, uh, yeah, I think I, would, I probably would take Playmaker here. Uh, for starters, I, I think Mike Davis will be far better than Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, I think, is definitely carrying some sort of injury. Every single time he comes in, I know him and Swift always seem to have a questionable tag before they go in, but yeah. the usage rate of Williams is incredibly worrying from last week. Like They barely used him at all. So I think there's something there, and I actually think Mike Davis is in for a pretty decent week this week. So I think that in itself, I agree with everything else. Like Kyler, um, I think he's going to destroy Hurts. Hurts, for some reason, has the worst game in history, but then for some reason comes sort of fantasy relevant at the end of games when they're down and just gets so much garbage points that he yeah. ends up like not being but not being bad every single week. He ends up between 22 and 28 points every single week. Um, I think Henderson's going to be massive like moving forward. The only problem is he seems to get injured a lot. Yeah. For this, this round, I think Hubbard and Henderson are going to be far better than Edmonds and Williams. Uh, 
team he's got Hilton, who I'm pretty sure hurt himself again. And he Ty only plays against Houston for some reason. Yeah. Every time he plays against Houston, yeah. he has a great game, and then he gets anyone else. He doesn't play well at all. And I'm still not sure on Callaway. I, I know he had a great game of buy, but I, I'm still not sold on him at all. No. Um, yeah, I, I actually I would go playmaker here, so that would be my only difference. Well, my only difference is the whole, the overall. So it's a pretty big difference. But yeah, I would only yeah, go yeah. completely opposite to you, Maddie. That's what you said. <laughs> well, there's some reasons why I think playmaker will, will actually win. Um, so I've got Kenny over him in this particular matchup. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I'm not married to one or the other. I've got to pick one, and I figure I might as well make a touchdown the difference because that's pretty fluky, right? Like an ultimate fence sitting job right there. <laughs> it's just weird how Jalen Hurts just looks horrendous for like yeah. two and a half of quarters, and he just always gets himself back into it. It's just crazy. Like, I had some leagues where I was against him last week. I have a dynasty league where I have him, so it was kind of you know net neutral on what I wanted. But yeah. it's just crazy. Like sitting there with him, going, "This guy is disgusting." Like I'll drop him to the waivers, you know, three quarters yeah. into a game, and then all of a sudden he has a rushing touchdown, maybe another. Uh, he throws for about you know fifty more yards, even though his flowing seems to be horrendous this year. He just seems to get things going when it doesn't matter. Which yeah. my worry in honesty is that they're going to realise that and then bring someone else in. But in a redraft, I think it's fine because you can always find someone else if you need it. Yeah, gee, you're starting to look like the mobile version of Blake Bortles. So uh, fingers crossed for Jalen personally, that's not the case. But for us in fantasy land, fine. <laughs> fine. Oh, the top five fantasy quarterback one year doing that. Someone compared him to Tim Tebow, and it's hard not to actually <laughs> listen to it because Tim Tebow was the same. Like, he actually had some fantasy value when he was going, but everyone knew that this guy, there's no way this guy stays as a, <laughs> as a quarterback. Um, so, there's some worry there. A funny thought, because it was Tebow time, right? That was what they called it when he'd all of a sudden wake up and remember how to play football for 15 minutes. And you can't call it Hurts time because you've just spent two and a half quarters already hurting. So it, it hurts time had already happened before hurts his time, and I don't know what you call it. Jalen time doesn't have a ring to it. It's hurting your butthole. <laughs> Speaking of hurting, um, I've got a matchup now that it hurts my eyes to think about because bye weeks can make a pretty good looking team all of a sudden make those teams look like Patty and Selma. Fucking yikes! And Jizzpots versus Struggle Town is one of those. This couldn't be truer than what would otherwise be a delectable matchup looking like two feral chicks on their walk of shame getting into a bit of fisticuffs over who gets into the first taxi that comes past first. Justin is going to be missing Herbert, Zeke and LaVisca Chenault and across the hallway, Jolio will be missing Najee Harris, Emmanuel Sanders and Zach Moss all riding the pine this week. And if they've got the week off, maybe riding a couple of waves too. So to begin with Jolio, he's going to run out Aaron Rodgers against whatever miscreant or loser Justin can find in the half price bin on waivers, whether that be Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Turdy Bridgewater, or Daniel Jones. It's going to be a severe discount on having started Justin Herbert like he does in any other average week. Advantage Jolio. Now, Jonathan Taylor actually listens to the show and he's been pretty direct with me offline about how he felt pretty slighted by my call to trade away his useless ass three weeks ago. And he's actually going to now continue his path of pretending he's wreck at fucking Ralph. But his running mate in this backfield is uh, yet to be determined. 
you'd like it to be something with some teeth that isn't fucking Brandon Bolden, but I guess we'll see what the options look like for Justin once the waivers run or a trade can be found. In the meantime, though, my boyfriend Josh Jacobs will team up with Mark Ingram, and that might be enough to defend whatever lead Rogers gives to Jolio because I think Jacobs will be up for actually an okay day against him. A wide receiver, Jolly Oak, uh, welcomes back Brandon Ayuk and will slide him in besides only Cooper Cup. And to me, that's a huge leg up compared to Godwin and Devonta Smith. Now, just for the update, I'm still ghosting Devonta after he put up a solid fuck all on Thursday Night Football. Uh, and I mean, I called for his boom day to be upon us, so fuck that guy. Zach Ertz has left on a jet plane from Philly, landing in Arizona to become just another underused target for Kyler. I'd throw my few remaining shares of him in the bin and a couple on Evan Engram because I think he's pretty much the only healthy item in the receiving shelf for the Giants, along with Sterling Shepard. And with LA coming to town, they'll be sure to be trailing like nobody's business. Passes will be thrown. Advantage, Justin. Let's wrap this up like a fajita with my boy Henry Ruggs. What up? He had a great day out last week. I surely hope you've been starting him or managed to trade low for him because he's a star in the making on a side which has now got quite a bit to prove. Either Golladay or AJ Green will be the adversary in the uh, flex spot there and neither really packed the punch this year to make me feel all that scared. So I'm going to lean jizz on that one. I do think Justin eats up some of that Rogers lead. But to me, that's the difference maker and Jolio hangs on the pull-up win number five on the year and to press a case to return to the playoffs in back-to-back years. It could be a low score at two. So let's say Joel by 12 and has it a guess. 94-82. Yeah, I agree. It's just a tough week for, for Justin. Like, you're losing your quarterback and your best running back. It just it just absolutely destroyed you. It's, yeah. I know I know, uh, I know. know Joel has some guys yet too, but it just doesn't seem to matter as much. He's, he's being able to fill the gaps at least admirably. Uh, I think Ertz will event. I, I'm not saying he's going to be great this week, but I think he actually will be a decent uh, tight end moving forward. Uh, I, I think he's found a higher, more high-powered offense, and I don't think Arizona would have traded for him as an offensive tight end if they didn't feel like they were going to use him. So I actually think he's going to be decent, but I just I'm not sure that's going to happen week one. But there's just too many holes in uh, yep. Justin's team, so I'll definitely go with Joel. Yeah, I feel like that was the easiest one for all uh, of the three so far. Are you ready for this one? The vinegar strokes at. Pete's Jiggity Jagged Edge. This is a pretty high-power matchup too. This is number two in the overall versus number three in the overall. Yeah, I I hope you're not as easy on my team as you have been other weeks because yeah, I've got a I've got a definite uh, call about this matchup. Mm. You've been feeling a bit grim lately about the outlook of your team through this period, but <clears throat> Taylor's got a team that can beat anyone on paper, and he's been beaten by a cracking score in week five thanks to the current champ. And then from an Adam-esque performance in week six where you coughed up like a solid 110 points in the face of another big roster. So what do you do? Pete has quietly rocked his way up to four and two. That's the same record as Taylor, but done it with the usual quiet and scientific measure twice, cut once kind of approach you'd expect from this cerebral guy. The QBs in this matchup are going to eat like they're at fucking Sizzler. Stafford might just hump the New York Giants into complete submission while Patrick Mahomes plays the world record for ass defense, which will be a nice reset game after playing terribly last week against Washington and only managing 400 yards and two touchdowns for Taylor. Absolute gutter piss, mate. Cut that idiot. Last week, I was asking for a Gaskin and instead I got sodomized with enamel from an aquatic mammal. 
as he compiled a whopping 2.4 points versus the Jags. Couple him, though, with 17 touches from my namesake, Connor, and they are truly Pete's only options, so he's got to start him. Derek Henry might just swallow them both by half time as he goes up against the imitation arsehole defence, the Kansas City turnstiles. Paired with either Gibson if he's playing or Damian Harris, Taylor does have a great advantage at running back. A wide receiver, though, Pete packs a punch. That's fun to say. You should try it. Pete packs a punch. Tariq and Robert Woods are giving me a bit of wood, while DJ Moore and DK Metcalf kind of appear to be like the TK Max versions of themselves last week, a little bit budget. Pete brings this matchup almost level again here for me, but whoever Tay isn't running in the flex, he in all likelihood will face Debo, who's still got plenty of work while Kittle has been not dead, mostly dead. So I'll give Pete the nod here. But TE is where it's at for me. The tight end. Kelsey for Taylor faces Pitts for Pete. And get your mitts and kiss my grits and try not to get runny shits, as these two have both shown in uh, this week that in the right settings, they can get big scores. And this is where I believe the close matchup gets decided. Taylor's my favourite here. How could he not be? But by less than my, many might think, I'm taking him in the matchup of the round, 119 to 111. Yeah, um, one of these guys end up in a later segment of mine, so uh, I'll leave it there. All right, all right. Not going uh, to say too much more. Keeping it close to the vest. Foreshadowing. Foreskidding. <laughs> what was the other one I said? Was it at it? Was that what we said in the group three? You and me and my for, foreskidding? For, for something. I can't remember. <laughs> I said foreshadowing, you said foreskinning, because you're just <laughs> such a funny guy. Of course I did, of course I did. What a great moment to move into Super and Goober. The, the, the crowd could not live without us. Yeah, Stubbly versus Dudley or Goober versus Super. Goober versus Super. We'll work it out in the next week or so. We'll get a drop for you. Free the pit ball out that everyone looks forward to. Makes my heart hurt. <laughs> I know you want me. You know I want you. <laughs> That's the way to move on. Um, mate. Do you want to talk about Super and Goober for week six? Yeah, no, this is probably my worst week ever. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> my super pick was Justin, who instead of jizzing all over the place, shut his diaper and flung it into a ceiling fan. Uh, 93.9 for Justin, good for 12th on the week. Taylor failed. Now, my Goober wasn't worth either. Wasn't, you know, it wasn't a terrible pick. But they still found a way to get a win, funnily enough. Jared putting up a 5.4 points, which was good for the sixth lowest score. But like I said, he actually found a win. Taylor failed. So, my uh, Goober and uh, my Superverse Goober for the week. And like I said, I always like to start positive. Yes. Now, this is incredibly tough because tween teams are destroyed by buys and the waivers haven't ran yet. So, this is incredibly tough. But at yeah. this point right now, call my shot and I'll say that my super is my opponent, Jiggity Jagged Edge. Woo! Only team in the league that hasn't copped a buy or injury struggle. And that's just wonderful for me. <laughs> Stat against the Lions. Connor against Houston, um, and Connor always gets more work on the ground when they're miles in front. Yeah. Gaskin against Atlanta, Tyreek against the Titans, Debo against the Colts, who have been 21st against receivers, Bobby Trees, 
stacked with Stafford against the Lions and Pitts against the Dolphins. My God. I'm going to be four and three after all the crybabies acted like I'd won the title of my trades. Not looking good. Wow. Okay. Now, look, I can't say too much against Pete. I think he's going to put up a good week too. So, um, you know, I, I definitely don't expect my team to be scoring anywhere near what either of you two guys will be. Um, pretty comfortable with that as the pick. Not that I choose in this segment and not that I have a vote. So there you go. It's just so weird how, like, how you match up, like when you play someone matters. Like Pete scored 80 points last week. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I can't see anyone else being better than him this week. I, wh- whenever you see the apocalypse come or Biomageddon or whatever you want to call it, you just want to be up against someone that's your buyers all over the place. And I don't have, he doesn't have any. Like, he's just got his entire team for this week. So I've definitely come up against it this week. So I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling incredibly confident. I'm not trying to act like I've got a bad team or, you know, that I'm not confident moving forward after this week. But I, I, I always thought that this double with Ryan and uh, Pete was going to be really tough. Um, and that's what made the Steven loss even worse. Because I thought if I was 5-0, and it wouldn't matter so much going to 5-2. and two. But if I lose this and go to 4-3, and three, it's going to be some panic stations. So, nice and tough, yeah. Uh, I'll move on to my goober. And... Look, normally you wouldn't go... I would normally go someone that doesn't have a QB right now because of all the buys, there's a lot of people uh, that doesn't that don't have a QB. But I actually think there's some pretty decent QBs on the waiver wire, like I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to say a massive fuck you to the arsehole football team and take Adam. Finally <laughs> 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 run out, and he's without Saquon and Kareem Hunt. Henry will most probably take the TDs from Tannehill again. Latavius and Collins are both questionable. And Adam, because of his record, doesn't even have a high waiver priority. Patrick Mm. and Henry have been good lately, but I'm also not confident in them. And AB has has been great over the last two weeks, which actually makes me think that the receptions should go more to Evans and Godwin this week. Adam's team gets... This week, the handicapped peacock is dead. I'll meet you at the four and three club, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That's fantastic. Um, I couldn't be happier to see that if you've picked the lowest scoring team in the league to be the second lowest scoring team in the league, that that second lowest scoring team in the league would be your goober. I'm fine with that. The math spares out for me. Yeah, I had to pick him because, like, a lot of people would be like, well, how could you pick someone else when you've picked Seahorse to beat this guy? So yeah. I'm David Adam. I'm saying he gets the lowest score. I reckon he's going to be absolute filth. I think he's Leprechaun and Mark's finally uh, ran out. Uh, I know there's a lot of teams struggling this week, but I'm just saying his team's absolute garbage. Let's go. Yeah, it totally is. Like he's got only one position left to fill in his lineup with Diggs on the bye. Um, he's managed to find ways to plug the the holes everywhere else. But even then, like Sir Alex Collins is in that lineup, and he's no sure thing at this time of the week. It's it's a mess. Um, so I don't envy being Adam this week. My my team, with all the problems I've got of having Noxkowski on the bye, um, yeah, man, how am I ever going to live without him? Man, I'll, I'm going to miss him a lot this week. But I'm glad not to be in Adam's position. His team looks like balls this week. Broken hand too, mate. I don't know how you can cope. Shithouse score in week seven. That's in Queensland. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's as good a spot as we could ever get to go to the starts of the week. What do you think? <laughs> Brilliant. Let's, let's do it. 
<laughs> now, last week I challenged you to the long or the short one. You picked the long one. I'll play the short one this week. How about that dirtbag Ken selling me a lemon last week? Anyone want a cheap tight end? I love that you've got billionaire problems in a world where everyone else has just got millionaire problems. It's so funny. Mahomes versus Tannehill will leave Adam feeling like he sat his ass on a burning grill. While Marky Mark's doesn't for an Jalen Waddle. Man, he's going to need them to score a full throttle. Kittle needs to stop being so shittle and take down Fant so he has less poo in his pants. Mate, I'm not very excited to do starts of the week because I'm assuming we're going to go back and recap them. Uh. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a resounding victory for me in week one of, uh, of doing this. Uh, yeah, you can go through your results, but uh, we both had Tyler Heineke, which wasn't a great start. Like it. It was weird. It sort of turned out in the second half what we thought, where the Chiefs went in front, but it was almost because it wasn't the whole game that Taylor Heineke, like, weirdly only fell behind because of his own mistakes and because yeah. they couldn't move the ball. And then by the time the Chiefs got well in front, the game was almost over already. It wasn't like a Chiefs domination from, like, quarter one. So yeah. I don't know if that's had anything game to do with it. But, yeah. yeah. Like, McLaurin wasn't healthy. He didn't seem to really have all his options, so it just didn't work out for him. So I think he got about 13-odd points or something it was. Oh, mate, worse. 11.2. And then my other two choices were, uh, I'd been asking for a Gaskin. He goes to London. He forgets how to play football. He scores 2.4. And then Devonta fucking Smith goes out and drops a 4.1. A 4.1. Oh, I feel personally slighted. I've taken him off my Christmas card list. Fuck that guy. I felt pretty good about winning this matchup between you and I uh, when that happened because I thought Devontae Smith was a great pick as well. Um, and then, obviously, Khalil Herbert had a very good game for Chicago. Yeah. I just saw that. You know, I had to obviously pivot when um, Williams went down with the COVID yep. reserve list. Uh, and I just went straight over to Herbert because I thought against the Packers it was a great matchup. And I think it was about 18 points he scored. Yeah, uh, 18 points. That was a great pick for for the running back uh, sort of play of the week, considering he would have been still considered as like a waiver wire pickup. Taylor nailed. Uh, and then, oh, look, I went digs. I, at the time, like, I didn't feel like it was almost in the spirit of what we were doing. It was because he was wide receiver 27 at the time. I more took him because I wanted to prove a point that the guy was going to turn things around. It didn't make any sense that he was sitting where he was. Uh, and especially against Tennessee, and he goes out and puts up, what, nine receptions, 90-odd yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I, I definitely sort of took the win there. But I'm going to look for someone a bit further down in wide receiver this week. There was even a guy, oh, in might as well name him, Calvin Ridley, that, that was sitting in pretty much the exact same position as Stephon Diesel's last week. And I thought, do I go there again? Because that seems pretty obvious. But I'm going to look for more like God. But in especially in like a 10 or a 12-team league, you would actually have real decisions about playing. So I've gone all guys between the 30 and 40 sort of range of their position. Ah, uh, cool, cool. Because, you know, while Khalil Herbert himself outscored my three choices, which, <laughs> like, fuck. At least if you're going to get stabbed, it's nice to be stabbed in the front. Like, that would have sucked if it was some sneaky Stefan Diggs was the one guy who changed it all. Because what I want to do here, I'm, I'm calling this. I, I'm going to take a task on this. I want Stefan Diggs struck from the record. And here's my reason why. Yeah, okay, so in the spirit of the uh, of the rules, 
He's wide receiver 27 going into the week. But, I mean, he's still only the number one wide receiver on one of the greatest offences in all of football. Um, and the chances that anyone's not starting him already, I really should have made more of a deal about it last week. But I kind of went, mm, if your point's to be like, trade low for him, maybe I need a different segment for that. Like I said, that's why I brought up the whole Calvin Ridley thing for this week. And, yeah. and I brought up that I thought it was a bit of a cop-out. It was just purely uh, breaking down my whole point on that pod that I thought Stefan Diggs needed to be, you know, um, traded for because people are going to see him in that wide receiver 27 position and it's not what he should be. But again, I, I agree. That's not normally what I would do in this segment. That was just me trying to jump on what I'd already talked about in the pod. And this yeah. is definitely going to be more advice that you'd be actually having decisions with. Oh, good. So I'm glad we agree that we can strike him from the record. Thanks for that, Tay. I thought I was going to get an argument. So. <laughs> Your Honour, Your Honour, before he changes his mind, quick, bang your gavel, bang your gavel. <laughs> means I'll still win. And, uh, um, but I'll, uh, we'll go back and forth again. So I might... Uh, well, I I'm lost, gonna, so I'm you gonna... go first, okay? And and we set some ground rules out. If we both pick the same guy, someone has to move. And since I lost last week, I picked an alternate for everybody, okay? To be honest, I completely forgot about that rule. So it's going to be real interesting on, well, I lost. on the spot. Um, yeah. if, if I if the same, because I, uh, I guess if the person's picking first, they're the one that sticks with it. So if it's... Well, and you uh, won, uh, that means... mate. You won. One. Only position is running back um, that I'll have to find a pivot. Uh, so it starts the week. I'm doing something interesting here, and I'm taking all three players from the same game. Really? So it's every player, and this is going to be in the same game. So okay. it's uh, something different. Uh, I but write I just really down. like the for this one game. All right, let's do it. So my, my QB is currently number thirty-six. In terms of uh, production, it's Tua time, baby. Tua is a runny asshole, and Tua showed last week that he's willing to sling it. Miami's defense is a runny butthole that just took a laxative, so I expect <laughs> this to be a hot spring shootout type of a game. They also cannot, in any situation, run the ball against anyone. So yeah. give me the callback from Miami in this game. Tua time, baby. It's two time. Man, I like that. He was actually my alternate because we picked the same guy. Um, so that's how much I like him. My choice for this one, though, and I think you'll pick this up straight away because it starts with something cryptic. N- Nanny goats are female. This guy shouldn't be near a conversation with goats. But if he was, I agree that he's an animal that moves in a herd. Fairly toothless and not a threat to hurt any humans. But I'd take the tanny goat to do some damage to the Chiefs' defence. They're still awful against quarterback, and even this guy can surely master a fight against that. If an ice-cold beer, the Heineken, then maybe Tanny can. Owned in 76% of leagues, but started in only 35. He's worth a go against this crappy team. <laughs> I swear to God, I almost picked him. Like He was like, yeah. he was like my first pick, and I'm like, I have been destroyed on this podcast for so long. I, I've been picking him to have a good game for like three weeks in a row, and he's been absolute ass sandwich. Pissed, yeah. Pissed. They, they, they did some stat again, and this was the exact reason that I thought he was a buy low like three weeks ago, yeah. is that normally, I think over the last three years since Daniel's been there, 
they throw a TD pass on 59% of their TDs. He's at 33% this year. Like, he yeah. just cannot get a touchdown. It's just all Henry. But you have to think that's going to go back to the mean eventually. And against a team like Kansas City, you would think that's going to happen. But the problem is Kansas City's horrendous against the run too. So it's hard not to think that Derek Henry's going to go for 250 and three. Like, it's, yeah. It's a, cra- it's a situation. Like, and they lose Julio. I assume he's out. Yeah, I do too. It's such a hard situation. I've stopped thinking that there's a good situation for Tannehill because I just don't know. I I feel like it's going to get better, but I just don't know anymore. And I'm glad you took it because I'm just worried. And that's why I took Adam because I wasn't sure if Tannehill was guaranteed to come out and have a good game this week. I just don't know anymore. Might be the only good player on Adam's team this week. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, off to running back. Let's do it. I'm holding my breath on this one. I had a. I'll let you go first because, like, if you pick, I'll let you go because I'll be the one who has to pivot uh, if you if you take my one. So I figure it makes sense for you to go first at least once. Mate, if you're taking a running back who's in the same game as two up, we're safe. Because one drunken night in Vegas might be enough to taint your interest in this man. But while I'm yet to receive a similar invitation, give me a slice of Josh Jacobs this week. But, Matty, have you sustained a head injury? Nah, mate. I watched him be productive against two top 10 run defences, and now he's back and faces the super strong New York Giants running defence who make me about as scared as the average toddler does. Now, he's only being started in 56% of leagues, so if you don't own him now, it's time to slide in a low-ball trade offer and become a jacobite of the cheap. He's currently running back 28. Who did you pick again? Sorry, I didn't hear. Josh Jacobs. Sorry, I didn't hear you pick an NFL player. Who did you pick? <laughs> uh, well, your old boyfriend. He's actually my boyfriend now. Oh, okay. Oh, oh so Jay. Oh, yes. I think I heard of him. I didn't realise he actually got paid to be an NFL player. But no, I'm I'm just being a dick because my old takes on our. Josh Jacobs, I actually think he's a decent player as well. Like, Just this week. He's, he's a pretty decent matchup. Like, look, it was, again, I've said a million times, Jacobs was pure about the situation with Drake coming in behind him. Uh, I actually think the whole John Gruden thing is going to help him because yeah. it seemed like Peyton was even starting to take some things off him. Uh, but there's no way that happens anymore because John Gruden said to be the only Peyton Barber fan in the world. Uh, oh, so he's inactive. Flat inactive. So... It's a pretty clear Josh Jacobs running game Kenyon Drake third down roll. Yeah. At least to me, it looks like Drake isn't going to take a lot of the rushing work away from Jacobs. So, you know, I, I think Jacobs is fine moving forward, but I'm also not worried about the call on that at the start of the season because I, I think he has a lot of games where he doesn't, you know, run that well either on the ground either. But this, this might be yeah. how I... Actually, has a good matchup. So he faces like one more top ten defense the whole year, and it's when he faces the Broncos again in like week twelve. So that's, from here, it's actually a pretty good splitting. All right. Well, I'm sick of my same game. We all know that, and I'm going Mike Davis. As previously <laughs> mentioned, the Dolphins' defense is 29th against the run, and even with the Patterson emergence, Davis still gets a big share of the rushing attempts. And I don't see Miami stopping him or anyone ever again. So. <laughs> Let's vote Mike Davis. All right. I'm not going to disagree. I like the call. I, I looked pretty hard at him. And it's very funny because whenever we write this segment now, I'm going to be thinking about how the first person we both chose 
when we tasked ourselves with looking for a running back, we both chose Mike Davis. So this segment well, brought to you by Mike Davis. And he had a good game. So it is the Mike Davis segment. So uh, let's go to wide receiver. And again, in the same game, I had a pretty clear theme. And this one is waddle, waddle, waddle. And he waddled away. Waddle, waddle, waddle. Ooh. Now, I've mentally been making excuses as to why I shouldn't play this guy. This is yeah. me saying the excuse. He's only getting short targets from beef brisket because he can't pass far. He's only getting uh, these points because Parker and Fuller aren't there. Well, Tua came back and found Waddle for two touchdowns, and I've decided I don't give a flying fuckhole about those other two guys anymore, and I'm just going to play Waddle where I can. Atlanta are 23rd against wide receivers. Bring on the points in this game. You, you. Solid, mate. I uh, I got to watch Jalen Waddle terrorise my Jags. I stayed up till, what was it, 3.30 in the morning to watch that. and. Um, Hey, we couldn't stop him. I don't know why they went away from passing. That's what lost them the game, not some nifty play by Trevor Lawrence or some great field goal kicking by a guy who looks like a teenager. Um, they just could have kept going to Waddle and it would have won them the game easily. I, I just didn't understand why they went away from it. He's a great receiver. Tua looked great. I mean, he didn't play great because he's been rusty. He's been out for a month. But And they were playing, you know, five hours ahead in a different time zone in a different country. So, yeah, I think good times for Waddle. Good times. Great matchup. Uh, I've just gotten over even worried about Devontae Parker and, and Fuller coming back. Like it just, I don't think it really is 100% relevant. I think there's no. clearly a line uh, mail between the quarterback and Waddle, and he just seems like he's the better best receiver. Their defense is just horrendous, so they're going to have to pass a lot. And yeah. I, I just think what would be a huge part of it, whether those guys are there or not. So let's, let's go Waddle this week. Yay, yay. Waddle along. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, I've got a question for you. How do you get the most people from one destination to another destination in one move? The gas bus? Oh, no, no. It's more like van. Van, mate. Well, what's a, van? what's a bus if not just a fat van, right? Let's do that. How can you snag the most fantasy points in one go? The same damn way. In a van, man. Van Jefferson. He faces the horrid Lions defence in the Jared Goff-Matt Stafford revenge game and a secondary that is as trustworthy as a wet fart after a big Mexican feed. This guy is the deep target and he's already averaging 8.6 a game in half PPR against actual professional NFL teams. And he continues to get more snaps and targets than Deshaun Jackson. So hire a van, man. Brilliant. Why not? Like, it's going to be someone in that game. The the only way I have sometimes in... The Bengals sort of put that to rest last week. Is Detroit seem to play in these weird, shitty, low-scoring games, and they actually stay in them, and they play tough like their their coach wants to. And I don't know. There's, there's been a lot of games where they actually haven't been dominated in, um, but I can see the Rams taking that to a new level. Like, they are just so ridiculous on the offensive side, and like I said, I'm incredibly worried about playing Stafford. Um, on Pete's side because I think the Lions could just fall apart in this game because that was almost like their kitchen sink game last week where they had yeah. to throw everything in that game and they still just got smoked by the Bengals. So I can see this falling apart for the Lions. Um, Van Jefferson, there's no reason why he isn't the guy that, that takes over. I mean, Cooper Cup's been the one that's dominated, but it doesn't really stop like at least two or three other receivers still having good games because Stafford can yeah. turn it out and have uh, a lot of air yards. So yeah, 
I've got no reason to see why Van Jefferson doesn't come out and put up a far better game than his averages say in the season so far. But uh, he's certainly been just turning up and getting touchdowns, which should have gone to Bobby Trees earlier in the year. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I, 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 he's not going away. He's not going away. He's uh, clearly taken that third wide receiver role. And we know it can be productive because Bobby Trees and um, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks were productive in the same offense with a lesser quarterback. So, um, man, I've got some hope for this guy. And he's wide receiver 48 at the moment. So, I mean, fairly deep, and maybe this is a bit deeper than 10-team league guys need to worry about. But certainly in a 12-team league, there's a great chance he's available and he might be exactly what you need in bye weeks. Or he could just be someone you can trade pretty low for right now too. Um, but in any of those instances, I think he was worthwhile bringing up. Uh, fair enough, mate. That's a, that's a real good uh, deep dive, and that's why we do this segment. So let's, let's hope it goes well for you. Fuck yeah, totally. Hey, mate, mailbag time. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? You know that the question's going to be like, what colour is a football? Who has the mail? You got another one in there? You still got one more in the big yep. old Philip Rivers sack? Thanks to your questions at Ashley Podcast. Do we, do we have a drop for that? First one, I know you're going to be excited about this, comes from a frequent flyer. It's our mate uh, from the Pastry Press NFL. The man Jot, the myth, the legend himself has asked me expressly to, to seek your counsel on something, okay? He wants me to know, did Taylor say that the Titans had a secondary that was the Guinness World Record for ass simply to jinx the Bills? Of course, mate. That's exactly what I do best. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's look at this. They still scored 31 points on them, and Josh Allen moved the ball incredibly easily. So it's not like the Titans won the game because of their great secondary. And it only got worse as they actually got like a few injuries to whatever guys they actually had. So there's probably going to be homeless people in a Titans jersey, probably not even an actual jersey. They'll probably just paint it onto their bodies next week just to save costs. So it's not like this actually won the game. It was clearly the offense that actually sort of won the game for them. And when I say their offense, it was Derrick Henry. So, yeah, look, I'm always up for a good jinx, but that wasn't exactly what I was trying to do. But look, they won the game. That's all I give a shit about. <laughs> well, that's it, man. I mean, Derrick Henry wasn't going to score you the 17 touchdowns you needed in your matchup. So if at least the Titans could win, right? You, you weren't going to get both. So as long as you got one. I got the six wins out of eight and I got the Titans beating the best team in the league consensus-wise. So I'm pretty <laughs> much happier. Mate, I'm pretty happy too because I've got a second frequent flyer with another question. A few weeks ago, we had one from FF Wolfpack Oz. And uh, he's back again. And this one's a bit more on the real football scheme of it too. Um, wants to know, what has been your favourite real football play this season? And that real football plays in like inverted commas. It's like on the NFL field. Oh, that's really tough on the spot. <laughs> it is, man. Have- I, I should have given you a heads up on it, but I knew that I'd buy you some time because I'm going to tell you mine. Um, and I really should have put more thought into this too, but watching Trevor Lawrence throw that beautiful little dime to Marvin Jones in the back of the end zone over at Tottenham Stadium um, in a game that they actually won, first rookie quarterback to win in one of those overseas games. Um, and, and you know, like Miami, it's, they're not the greatest team in the world, but still a win is a win. And, and I think that that was kind of, it was a real grown-up throw for young Trevor and it was nice to be up at, Fuck, 1.55 in the morning or whatever it was to watch that. 
Um, so that's kind of been my favourite moment because you don't get to see a lot of Jags games on TV. Look, I'm going to go a recency bias thing, and it's purely because it's a guy that I've just absolutely tortured on this podcast for a long time. And it's Baker Mayfield actually being able to throw a Hail Mary from 60-odd yards out and finding Peoples Jones last week. I I was incredibly impressed by that because I didn't think he had the arm strength because everything he does for Cleveland is just game-managing, you know, just dipping and dunking all over the place. And him actually being able to throw that uh, right before halftime and hit a receiver, I know there's a huge luck, luck aspect to it, but oh, yeah. I actually thought that was an incredible play. So... I'm going to actually throw that out there because Baker is probably the last quarterback in the world that I thought would have been able to actually make that play. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there. Uh, another 76-yard touchdown for Derrick Henry has got to be in there last week but uh, for the week just gone. But again, we see that out of him all the time. So it doesn't feel incredible. But as a Titans fan, it was great to see. But I'm going to, I'm going to go a guy, like I said, with Baker Mayfield doing something that I never would have expected. Mate, I knew you were going to say about the Derrick Henry 76-yard touchdown run with all that wicked holding on uh, Tredavious. Uh, sorry, uh, what's his name? Trayvon, Tra- 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 Tredavious. What's his name? The corner. <laughs> Shit, Tredavious White. Tredavious White. I got there. Yeah. Um, I knew you would mention that play. I knew it. In fact, it was what I had as a short price favourite for what I thought you were going to say was going to be your favourite play. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. It makes me feel good. Something a bit different and something that from a guy that I wouldn't expect something out of. That's why I thought it was incredible. I mean, don't get me wrong, the 109-yard um, you know, field goal, missed field goal return, also a Jags yeah. play. You don't even have to be a Jags fan to like that one. It just so happens that I am. So I'm going to bring up two Jags plays because they're really the only two good things we've done all year. Um, but, I mean, there's been some pretty, cool, some pretty cool plays. There was a great moment in that Titans game on the weekend too where uh, – Julio Jones caught a ball that hit the oh, defender's helmet and looped up in the air. And uh, Julio kept tracking on it, followed it, got to it, toe-tapped as he fell out of bounds. It was just a terrific play. And that made up about 85% of his uh, receiving yards and then he tore his hamstring. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, third question from a new, new uh, fan of the show, but look at it, I haven't heard from at Donald Schwarzenegger before, but... <laughs> That's a great handle. <laughs> because it brings in my, my boy Donald, and it's, oh, that is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes these handles have been uh, right up there. Uh, oh. He says, <laughs> <laughs> He says, the bye weeks are fucking me up. Now that I'm looking at schedule, I can see I run into a few hairy matchups for a few starters late in the regular season. What kind of weight do I put on difficulty of schedule for then at this point in the season? Like difficulty of schedule for guys at the end of the season? Yeah. So the way he's sort of looking at it, I think, is has a few hairy matchups for some of his starters late in the regular season. How much weight do I put on the difficulty of schedule for that point of the season now? Look, I... I wouldn't put a lot on it, like because you've got to get there. Like it's yeah. the problem is people stuff too much. Like you've got to. Actually, I can only assume that if you've got an incredibly bad run at the end of the year, you've probably got a pretty good run leading into the finals. So, but it's it's that's just how the, the the season schedule works. It's pretty hard for you to find like if you've got a running back to get eight straight uh, bad rushing <laughs> matchups. Yeah. It doesn't really work. Yeah. It's. 
take the guys now that are working. What I would might do is, look, we've got a fair few weeks before that. Say your last four weeks are tough in the finals. You're going up to week, what, 13 or something like that. Maybe yeah. you look at it in week 10. Maybe go week 10. I've just had a good run. I've got a pretty good schedule. Everyone has seen, you know, this certain running back go well, but I know yeah. in my head that they've got a tough matchup. Maybe I trade them then. Maybe I'll trade them just before the trade deadline in our league. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be doing it now. Yeah. It's way too early. early. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. It's just like, you've got to get there. Like, I, I don't know if you're five and, oh, sorry, six and oh or something like that. I don't know, but it's just too early. Just keep riding your guys that you have now, whatever record you are. If you're like two and four or something, that's even more reason not to worry about it because you've got to worry about the right now. And then even if you are, do have a good record, just keep riding that for now and then make a sneaky trade at like week 10 or a week 11. And, and like, I'm not saying that you don't look at it at all because it does yeah. come into play later in the year, but it's not right to do it now. A bit early, yeah. It's not the right yeah. It's just way too early. Like, I would almost rather get rid of a guy that's got four bad matchups now. Like, you know, like the next four are bad. Um, maybe I trade them now at, at, a, at a high and then try and win my next four matchups of whoever I've got, and then maybe even try and trade them back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense looking that far down the line because so much can change in these next few weeks where it's not even going to matter. So just just play you guys you have now, and then maybe if you've got to the point where you need to and you know you're going to make the finals, maybe trade that guy away late uh, to someone that needs him to, like, make the finals, and then they haven't realised that it's a bit of a bomb schedule. So, yeah, well, I think that's some advice. Now. Now, I mentioned this in the, um, the start of the season when we do those 11 things to remember. I mentioned it in Fantasy Football for Beginner Series. Don't worry about strength of schedule in the playoffs until the playoffs. Don't worry about the playoffs until you know you're going to make the playoffs. Like, yeah, it, it, your job isn't to worry about winning week 14. Your job's going to be to worry about winning week seven. Um, so, you know, the best you can do to make sure that you're all right for, as he says, the buyers are fucking him up. Well, concentrate on that, man. Don't, don't get too caught up on what happens in week 13, week 14 um, when, you know, you don't know what other teams in the league are going to look like at that point, much less your own. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's really solid advice from yourself. It's something I've definitely spoken about too, is that that's really trying to be smartest guy in the room and really out thinking something that doesn't have to be thought about that hard right now. Um, and, and, you know, how many teams are going to be 5-1, and 6-0 right now? Oh, pretty few. And even then, we've seen in our league, just because you wind up one or two seed going into the playoffs actually doesn't mean you're the best team in the playoffs. Not, not even close. We've seen the fifth team win as many titles as the first and second team just because they round into form and, and the first or second team might have been really stable and then suffer a pretty key injury. And, and these are all things that you can't determine in week seven. So just don't think too hard about it. If you're worried about his late season schedule and not the schedule he has now, now is the complete wrong time to trade him. Like you are, you like I said, I'm assuming there's a decent schedule for him coming up if his late season's horrendous. You you are so much better off taking the good run of games and then selling him high. I know that's pretty much what I've said already, but mm. it makes no sense because a lot of people in your league probably aren't even looking at that stuff. Like you, you're probably. 
I assume someone that looks into things like that, which I do, like I'm not going to lie, like I'm pretty on doing where I'm looking at schedules even late in the year and stuff like that. But it doesn't, that if anything, that proves to me that I should wait. You wait for the good time to trade someone. You don't trade them based off what's going to come later. You, you trade them when they're at their highest amount of value, which means that if they've got four good, uh, you know, running, like, oh, again, I'm just using a running back as an example. Yeah. Like a terrible rushing defense, you sell them at the end of that when they've got four bad ones coming up later in the year. You don't sell them now. So just, just stick with what you're doing now and then try and trade a guy before he has a bad run of games. Just don't do it now. It makes no sense. You're not going to get a high value. Um, no one else is going to be looking at that and going, oh, I'm going to take this guy at a at a low value or something because he's got a shit run of games at the end of the year. They're only going to decide on what, what is happening right now. So just don't do it now. Um, sell him later if you have to. All right, I'm Donald Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, hopefully that answers the question. Um, man, I can't believe we had three questions this time around, and I had one on the early week show. So the uh, the email address and our social media is starting to uh, become a bit of a hub for these things, which is great news. Um, I, I really love getting them. I'd encourage anybody, even with a question like if it is to troll Taylor, um, to, to send them in. Just do it. Love a troll, mate. I troll myself. <laughs> I'll take trolls from other people. It's just a huge shock there. So, uh, <laughs> either way, if it's, if it's praise or a stroll, it's all the same to me. Well, mate, look, I can't believe we've done it again. That's week six, all wrapped up in a fajita. Week seven, we've looked forward, we've previewed it. We've got our starts. We've done the listener mail. We've got Goober and Super. I think we've done everything there is to do here, except wish each other all the best. Good luck against Pete, mate. Absolutely, mate. It's going to be fun, me trying to unravel why the hell I'm four and three at the end of this week uh, with the team I've got. But yeah. in the end, that's the fun fantasy football. No one knows exactly what's going to happen, even if a team's got really good players or not. So we'll, we'll see what happens after this week. But either way, I'm really happy, enjoying fantasy football, enjoying life. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Thanks, Manny. Hooroo. Hooroo, brother. And good luck to everyone who's after a quarterback in that half price cutout bin. That is the wave away this week. All the best picking through that mess of stuff. I will be next year looking for tight end. So uh, see you all there. Huru. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.